<clears throat> Listeners of Street Fight Radio, thanks for showing up to the show. Just playing on my phone. All right, we started the show. We're in a different setup right now. If you're on the stream, uh, we are in our brand new Means TV setup, so things are not all the way together. But uh, welcome to the show. It's another Wednesday night, time for a street fight. We're doing the basement show in uh, much improved conditions. We've got the backsplash here, courtesy of our friend Wavy. Uh, you can follow him at underscore WXVVY on Instagram. If you want to see more of what he does. We've also got a, a t-shirt fundraiser we're working out with him and a mask. Uh, you can head to store.streetfightradio.com if you want to get into that. Uh, Patreon people, y'all got a discount code. Uh, but this is a very temporary setup for the live stream. I know that a lot of y'all listen as a podcast. We appreciate it. Give us those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher and all those things, Google Play, whatever it may be. Uh, but for now, we are in uh, the Means TV setup. We're getting close to the launch of the show. Hopefully start getting things down on wax at the beginning of September maybe get it to you by the end of September you know that's that's my hopes uh, but we'll see what happens we've got Brian and I along with uh, Drew Spears and Simone Norman you may know him from online uh, brilliant folks that are putting together our show that's finally going to happen soon so we appreciate everybody that's been listening forever this has been nine years in the making that we've been doing street fight we started on community radio WCRS FM way back when and uh, it's been a, a wonderful journey, and uh, we've made a lot of friends, and we have a great community of people. And uh, the next fucking phase of this is popping off right now. So it's the basement show. Sunday night, we do the call-in street fight. So if you're a worker, you can get your shit in then. But for tonight, it's Brian and I yelling at each other, just like old times. And uh, I got the chat on my phone. That's why I'm, like, real discombobulated. Yeah. I got all the info for the show on my phone, so that's why I'm looking at my phone. I'm not being inattentive. I am uh, doing my job. I'm running this show, you know? That's what I do. I just spilled three ounces of beer on this chair. This this floor is terrible. We just got this floor, and he's spilling, he's spilling it all over the place. But it's fine with me. I don't care. I, I don't have to lay on it or anything. So It's concrete. It is concrete. Actually, I wanted to, to like wring Nick's neck when he was like, oh my God, there's this beautiful concrete underneath because I'm somebody that's never thought of concrete as being beautiful. Like for like modern and like cutting edge design, everybody is just taking all of the like hard floor and carpet out of everything and just leaving a, a like a cold concrete floor. I hate mm, it. Well, that's nice, though. I mean, I, it's like living Clean. in a basement, your mom's basement, right? Yeah. <laughs> it cleans easily. Yeah, it does clean easily. Easier than hardwood. But, even. like, all that minimalist shit, I'm just, I'm feeling more suburban. I hated carpet forever, but, I like, we have half carpet in the room now, and I just kind of want to cozy up on grandma's carpet right like now. Like the carpet side of the room better? Yeah, the carpet's looking good. I like this side. It makes us look cool. We got the uh, yes. uh, graffiti behind us, the mural. It makes us look extremely cool. And you can see my legs. So everybody check out the old legaroos tonight. Uh, they're looking good. My calves, very strong, very strong calves from all my walking, which is nice. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. 
So uh, uh, it is Wednesday night, which is the night that the uh, basketball boycotts boycotts are hap- are happening in solidarity with uh, the shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, I'm trying to go to the page because uh, here's the thing: not on Twitter this week. So, uh, well, I am back. If you want to, if you need me. Before I get my account back, it's Murder X Brian on Twitter. I put an X in the middle of it. It's straight edge. But uh, in protest of the uh, um, I'm, I, Jacob Blake yes. uh, shooting, I, like I said, I haven't seen any news over except That's for my Google cards. Yeah, I sit on Twitter and click articles. Google cards don't have anything about Jacob Blake? I'll tell you what Google Cards has right now. I always like to, every once in a while, we go and check out what my Google Cards are are covering right now. Uh, uh, It's loading. Brian Head Welch reacts to a company that stole Korn's logo design and name. Okay. Uh, I'm honestly, though, I was really excited to see that the Milwaukee Bucks weren't going to play in protest because when I I saw the write-up on it, they explained that Everybody went out there and put like all of the names on the back of the chairs for each player. Like they went through the whole process to play the game and just that it finally set in like they're not going to play the fucking game. Oh, I know. It's just so powerful. It is. It like, is. This is, uh, you know, like these things stop time in a way because uh, even though there are protests and all these these uprisings happening. The basketball is supposed to be a, a way to get away from it. Like, I've certainly used racing to get away from it, but um, NBA basketball is back and people are paying attention and it's happening. They're like trying to compromise the whole playoffs into a shorter schedule. So you're getting all day fucking basketball. Exciting. People were very excited, too, to have a season where every single game matters. Yes. You know, that's the that's why everybody watches every game of the NFL. For you people that don't like sports ball. Uh, or college football, every game kind of matters in that. And that's why it's like, prob- that's why it's America's kind of biggest game. Yeah, because- you got a dozen games to play. Yeah, but uh, basketball usually has a lot of games. So does baseball. And these, these shorter seasons are making, are basically cramming all of the good, meaningful basketball. Every game means something. And I, I don't know how many people, I didn't look at the ratings for the basketball, but I assume they were very high because basically anything that's live has had high ratings lately. Right. You know? That's what we want to see more than anything. I mean, everybody's cooped up and uh, this is what, this is a great way to spend your time. I mean, I told y'all I watched the Thursday concert and all just seeing like a chat room and just knowing that other people were there watching with it. Like it just added to the excitement, you know, like knowing that people were there, we're all tuned into this thing that's live. It really does make a different atmosphere than like binging seven hours of a TV show on Netflix. You I was, know what I, mean? I was shitting on that WWE Thunderdome thing, which was, uh, basically they're in an arena now and, uh, they have zoom, zoom windows up lined up around. So there's like, people watching wrestling uh uh you can see their faces and their reactions and you know i haven't watched it yet and and i don't know how people are reacting and uh uh, they're piping in the crowd noise so like it's still a really weird discombobulated thing but uh it is it is something to see other people 
enjoying the thing that you're watching or, or hating it whatever or just all of us sitting down and watching the same thing at the same time and talking about it is something that i think we really missed in the early days of covid well and there's all yeah and, and there is a there's a level of conversation that we have going on with our online people and you know that you're seeing it in real time like when you're watching like when i'm watching sports live and tweeting about it, I know that somebody else is out there doing the same fucking thing. Like, there's a camaraderie in that. There's a, like, you, you really do get to carry over, like, uh, I'm sorry, give yourself up to the moment and say, like, you know, they're doing, sp- they're doing sports right now, right? Yeah. Like, it's not a TV show. It's not anything you've ever heard about before. Like, you're just watching it all together and they cut that shit off. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, like, you know, I don't know what, I know that the conservatives are mad, right? I don't know how much of the conservatives are basketball fans, to be honest. Like, yeah, they have pretty much shunned everything. Yeah, I mean, racism in basketball. Like, you can't be racist in basketball and have a good time for too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, and also, it's just like uh, uh, the I mean, NBA is more progressive, I think, than a lot of the other leagues. I think the players are just more. You know, the way that, like, someone asked me about, like, the Formula One, Max Verstappen being 22 and, like, his stupid stance on, like, social issues. I think with basketball, you have the same thing. You have young guys that can get in there without going to college that can just go straight to the sport and say what they want. And, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be a, a perspective that the American audience does not want to hear. You ask a young black man about america they don't want to hear that perspective well but the the thing about the nba is like that they let them say it right they have these like superstar guys like with football you know there's a couple of like real big superstars but they're all like behind the helmets it's oh the team the team 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 you know what i mean and uh you know colin kaepernick like really broke that kind of mold but he's not in the league anymore yeah you know they drummed him out of the league with the nba they have allowed their players to be politically active and have allowed their players to voice their political opinions, whether it's like wearing shirts that say, I can't breathe on the court or, or any of those things. And, uh, uh, or, or, uh, taking a knee or not coming out for the national anthem, that sort of thing. Like they have allowed that to happen. Now, yeah. I don't think that the league is particularly thrilled. No. At what's happening they now. They don't want this. No. They bought insurance against this and they didn't want to cash in on the insurance because they'd rather have the game happen and sell Gatorade or whatever they're trying to do. Right. And I don't even know what's going to, what is going to end up happening in the end here. Like, where, what, what, I, if the season's off, right? It, it seems to me like there's probably, they're not going to finish this season, which is incredible. It's escalating. I mean, the momentum's going there. You have to ask, like, yeah, are you going to just walk away for one game? I mean, th- they could forfeit a game and come back and win in six or seven. I think this is the fifth game they're supposed to yeah, play. Yeah, game five. So they can come back in six or seven, but, at this point, um, why not just let it? Why not just pause everything until we figure this out? I think it's 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 uh, there's been enough time between the George Floyd protest now that we have to say this is not a time to get back to usual for anybody. You know? Yeah. No. And and it's like you know we don't even if this season had played out just from what I know about sports and from from 
my experience watching uh, uh i watched baseball for a few seasons i watched a lot of football growing up and just from my experience this season wasn't going to be looked at the same as other seasons anyway oh yeah it's asterisk season sense. 2020 is asterisk season for every sport yeah yeah and it's like if they're not playing I, I mean, it makes a difference. It also shows people that you can Drink. strike. You can withhold your labor, which I think, yeah. like, when I'm seeing this, I am, like, very impressed with them withholding their labor. That's all I think it is, is a matter of uh, there is so much attention being put on them right now that they are doing it at the right time. They're withholding their labor at the moment um, when all of the sponsors are looking for them to continue with things as usual so we can ignore what's going on in Kenosha. And so they're jamming up those gears at the, I mean, right at the right time, like perfectly played maneuver. When I saw the tweet start coming in that, that the Bucks weren't going to play, I, I was just overwhelmed. It was just was what beautiful, wonderful, like this, a very smart move to make. This could also be again, the beginning of a wave of strikes, which would be, I mean that would be incredible. We could, we can strike. And this, in the moment right now, is one where we're arguing against Biden voters, who I, I would say ninety percent of Biden voters know he's not the ideal person. I think we're we're picking on people that know they have no other option. And I think that this is a chance to like elevate things in the current day and to make shit get hotter right now instead of talking about like voting it out using the power that you have in this moment to say no to what's happening. I think this, that, uh, you know, that's a good point. And it's something I thought about in, in when the George Floyd protest started that like the Democrats hate when this shit happens in an election year, they, they, they elect. This is why I'm very encouraged by what's going on. Is that like, I have watched so many movements get get stifled in an election year just by a bunch of people deciding to say, well, you got to vote. That's what we're all out here doing. We're out here doing voting. So that's the way you fix things right now. I'm not even like going to go on some tirade against voting either. Like, I think that if you... Everybody studied up on that. Yeah. And I, I mean, think, I think even the young people know the end, like we're in a different circumstance. We're in an active lifestyle where revolutionaries, a daily act that you make happen because the, everybody else is not going to do it. The system is not going to do it. No, it's definitely, that is that, that's the best point you can make is that like this thing isn't going to change just because without, we want it to without uncomfortability yeah and we, it's got to be really uncomfortable it's got to like turn we have to like keep turning up the heat on on you know these these democrats anybody that's establishment you here's the thing I, watching this massachusetts senate race right like i'm watching it from afar not fully Cause I don't, you know, I don't follow the electoral stuff, but I have been watching it. Right. Yeah. How everybody lined up behind another fucking Kennedy. Right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I, I, I was like, oh, you know, I think he's going to win because it, when you feel bad as being like the third of a dynasty and that you just show up and say, vote for me, like how, how gross is that interior lifestyle of Joe Kennedy the third, when you know, you're <laughs> riding on the wakes of nobody like people that like. People that 
that are just punchlines in history at this point, you know? I mean, I think, I think for, at first I thought, you know, this guy isn't going to win because he is not, he doesn't have charisma. Yeah. He said so many things that turned me off of the guy, right? That's what people, I mean, that's what we're, I feel like we're fighting again. Like I, the Democrats are so by the book and so annoying and like those, those Kennedy votes are a, going back to the normalcy where people didn't say they did pot out loud and people didn't cuck their wives and people didn't, people did nothing that was like out of sorts and there was a normal society. Like all of that neoliberalism for me goes back to a world that I knew was completely decayed and rot with fucking. Right. And, but so last week when I, or, I, I hadn't been on Twitter since Sunday. I got on today and I happened to see the poll numbers for the Markey versus Kennedy race. Yeah. Right. Markey is up by like double digits because wow. I looked at that and I saw Nancy Pelosi endorse them. I saw them all line up behind a Kennedy. Yeah. Again, yeah. Right. Circle the wagons. And I was sort of like, you know, we just watched this happen with the presidential race yeah, they snuffed bernie in a minute but i don't think you can do that i don't think they actually have that kind of power in local and state races to be able to do that i don't think that their endorsements matter as much in in local and state elections and this is something i said when bernie sanders got you know beat he did get beat i mean it probably wasn't fair and the whole thing was bullshit but he did get beat and i said that like we have to build from the ground up like the republicans did that dude they were running for fucking governor they yeah. were running for senate for, laura loomer's running right now <laughs> it's crazy they run anybody like and we and and we are you know, it's the same thing we were talking, doing, working with uh, Morgan Harper, and her campaign is like uh, creating this divisiveness with Joyce Beatty, who is somebody that's held up as like this Yasle queen, like uh, you know, somebody. I, I respect Joyce Beatty's, you know, uh, experience in life and everything, but like it's resulted in this establishment Democrat stuff mm -hmm. that just results in rich people getting rich and poor people. Being told Lose. the fuck off. Not being told the fuck off necessarily, but being told, ah, there's nothing we can do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ah, you know. Yeah. There's nothing we can really do, unfortunately. There's a bunch of things we would love to to say we want to do, but uh, uh, we can't do anything. And like I said, yeah, I don't we, even know the the Massachusetts race to me, to me, more than anything. I know that a lot of people in our circle like Marky. Which makes me think like, oh, well, he must be good for what they have. Right. You know what I mean? And he wears Jordans. Ooh, and, what ones? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody got a picture of Probably him. Probably ones. And he has made fun of Kennedy's for being a rich kid. Yeah. Which I think like in mainstream politics, Kennedy means something, but uh, uh, Not good. no, Kennedy's I don't just got them. Kennedy's got us here. Yeah, the whole the, the the issue like what I'm coming to with like the the playground moms that I know and the circles that I'm in for like my my uh my elementary school Facebook for my child 
is these people do talk like liberation. These people talk abolishment. These people talk things to get them right. But when it comes down to like the people to do it, they choose the ones that have betrayed us over and over again. They they well, all, they fall in line with uh, uh, the party, and and you know we are fucking it up because like if we're not going to do like tanks and bombs and like full blown coup d'état, we're going to have to figure out to do tea party shit at least. I mean, it, we're we're like these elections have to swing in like an extremely radical fucking kill the police direction. Do <laughs> Do you think that what really happens is when it comes time to go to the voting booth, people want to win? And and like they they the want to Republicans want to win. The Democrats don't want to no, win. No, I don't mean the party, right? Like I don't think the Democrats have the will or the skills or any of the stuff to win. I don't think they understand the world that they deal in. I think they have like a really unrealistic view of what the actual world is like or even what people care about. It's like they watch the West Wing, which was a really popular TV show. And they're like, well, it was a popular TV show. So obviously people want that. I mean, but I do think that when uh, playground moms or or when when the normal people that that you know go to the voting booth i do think they want to back a winner i do think that what ends up happening is that like they were told a lot that bernie sanders ah uh, he, he communist he's a socialist he he can't all donald trump has to do is call him a communist and and people in middle America won't vote for him. So they went and pulled the lever for Joe Biden because in their mind Joe Biden is a winner. He's been in office for a very long time. They don't they're not counting the the he's, he's many Obama. presidential primaries that he's lost. He's third term Obama. Right. That's what they think. That's what they think. And and like I don't think it's going to be a shocker when uh he get if i think he's gonna get elected my wife is so giving me grief about that just oh you know, what'd you say last time yeah Brian? you pick a loser dude no i i don't i don't see trump getting a second term but i also uh uh in my life only one president's had one term you know yeah so true. it might even just i might be wrong but that other president was a Republican. I think Trump is is really unpopular. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I'm honestly um, so blackpilled at this point that I thought Trump was such an unlikable person that we could all roundly reject. And now that he's become the president, I can't imagine anything else. And to you like to to pick uh, to pick uh, to say that I know it either way um, is is would only just bring me more strife. Like it would just make me feel really bad because I don't know how awful this place actually is. I, I've ha I don't have a good bearing on it. I wake up every day in misery and of the world and the way it exists, but it's actually worse than what I, what I dream in my yeah. nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can understand not wanting to try to forecast it. I am a weird person that likes to make bold proclamations. Only if money's I'm on like, the line. I'll yeah. do it for money. I mean, I should. I should gamble. Put on money. It, to Let's tell you the truth, hundo. we should gamble on Hundos. It. Brett just made a $100 bet. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, that yeah, is yeah. At a, so good. At a seven, at a six year old's birthday party. 
it, it was so funny because like I saw it happen in real time, right? I, I, I uh, what, what's the bet that that if five years on Trump and Trump will die in the next five years yes, is that the bet. And Brett it. is betting over that he's yes. going to live longer than five years. A friend of ours saying no, he's going to die within five years. And uh, uh, I was like, oh, that's interesting. What? And Brett's like, what do you want to bet a hundred? And he was like, sure, I'll bet a hundred. And then the next day, in our friend group chat, Brett was like, let's like draw up the papers for this hundred dollar five year bet. <laughs> and I was like, man, I would take the over on that too. I would be very shocked if because he has just the best. He's gonna have the best health care for the rest of his life. He like the surgery. best best. He can he have gets, Fauci work on his ass. Every day he wakes up, he gets surgery on something that's wrong with him. Yeah. Like, he has a level of skincare that we don't even know about. But people are like combing over every inch of his body to find that cancer shit. Right, right. Dick Cheney is still alive. Dick Cheney you know? fucking rocking it. Rumsfeld rocking it. Henry Kissinger. If you're Republican, you don't make it to 90, you're sorry. You didn't have enough money to stay alive. <laughs> Your fucking booty, right? <laughs> it's a funny. I'd be curious what the chat thinks about your bet, Brett. So Hundo, I, t- I check, took a hundo. no, but what do they so, think ele- about? So at his at his daughter's eleventh birthday, we're gonna sing the the thing, and then I'm gonna dance all over the cake when I win that fucking hundred dollars from her dad. Yeah, I mean, I hope Brett loses. To tell you the truth, just because oh, it's to. good for the world. Hey, I'm a bad picker. I did, I, I I honestly made the bet because I can lose a hundred dollars to. That motherfucker around. If I can put his name in the death notebook, I'll do it. Yeah, either way, you win, basically. Yeah, yeah. That bad. I win. I'll pay a hundred dollars to be wrong. Yeah. On that one for sure. Yeah, I I mean, I think like I think he's extremely unhealthy. And I think that the folly, uh, what uh I don't want to say I should uh, Adam's folly is what I'm going to call this one. Okay. No relation to the name of the actual person. We're just going to call this Adam's folly. I think his folly is that he knows people that work as doctors and in healthcare and stuff. And he hears Trump's diet and he hears his workout regimen and he knows all that stuff. But he does not account for him being like evil and extremely rich. Yeah. <laughs> Throw money at the problem. Yeah, he he will make okay. it five. He'll I think I honestly and I said this at the party 10 years. At least he's got a, still got 10. 10. You're over he's still got 10 years left. Fuck, I got to get another $100. Maybe out. 15. Wow! I think he might have 15. I put 5. That's why I wouldn't even do the bet. I might do 500 on a 15. Oh, on 15. <laughs> yeah, I might do 500 on you. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to be at monetarily <laughs> in 15. Years. Yeah, I, I won't be able to. I hope it. I can afford five hundred, but oof, that's a yeah, long that's time. Stiff. Yeah, um, that's a lot of talk you're doing there. But I, uh, but it's but no, just, they'll live forever. I mean, I think that too. It's like part of my misery is just thinking that they're going to live to ninety nine. Like all of them are like ghouls forever. They're just walking corpses that completely fuck over the world. Yeah, like so, they, they don't ever get their comeuppance. So uh, uh, let's talk about. Like I said, I haven't been keeping up with the news, so I have a CNN story from your cards about the no, not from my cards. My cards did bring us a story we're going to do tonight now because I looked and it seemed like okay, this is a story I want to do. All so right. we'll do that in a little bit. 
I want I want to kind of put a bow a little bit on uh, federal investigators announced that they have launched a civil rights probe into the police shooting of Jacob Blake, a 29 year old black man in Kenosha, Wisconsin. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District Court of Wisconsin said Wednesday that the investigation will be conducted by the FBI in cooperation with the Wisconsin Department of Justice Division of Criminal Investigations, the agency leading the local investigation. Uh, you know. I don't see, I, I know libs think the FBI is like better than the actual city police, I, I guess. Mean, all the movies tell us that. Yeah. I mean, there's so much propaganda for the FBI. But I think they're still law enforcement in the end. So Absolutely. them investigating the police is kind of like it's Leo's investigating Leo's, as they say. What, what, yeah. Let me I ask mean, a quick poll question real quick. Okay. What do you hate worse? Leo's or POTUS? Which one of those two phrases do you hate? Where I I I think for uh, for my money, it's Leo's. But POTUS is an infuriating thing to hear humans. Yeah, say. I was gonna say POTUS has no flow to it. Leo's, like if you're in that full culture of like bowing down to the blue, like calling them that you're Leo's, kind of seems like a a family type loving thing. But POTUS feels like somebody trying to be smarter than me potus like, pebo yeah potus pebo that's right all you people around for the uh burberry wars <laughs> potus pebo but 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 potus to me sounds like somebody trying to display their their intellect it, it means, in politics it means somebody that has said president of the united states of america so many times that they're annoyed by it now and so they just say potus instead yeah Which well you gotta, I, I mean i mean you do enough like if you do enough acid you do enough psychedelics like you get there you're always complaining about potus and you don't want to just say like the fucking name of the song i i think it's potus because Peaches. it is i think it's potus because people are like I, I think it's for people who are like graph people and Occupy yeah. Democrats types and also Republican, it's like wrong. Ben Shapiro it's nerds. Yeah. And it's, it's just, for somebody to just be like, oh, you, you order Apple teenies and say POTUS. That's so silly. Like, but you're, I you're think one of me, I think POTUS is worse than Leo's. I'm going to go POTUS worse than Leo's. Yeah. Leo's rocks, man. Like who doesn't want to be a Leo? It would be a cool thing to be called, Lion but they suck, you know, <sighs> uh, uh, Officials identified Officer Rustin Chesky as the police officer who shot Blake when he tried to enter his vehicle. The officer, who has been employed by Kenosha Police for seven years, was placed on administrative leave, DCL said, uh, or DCI said. Um, so, Officer Chesky fired the weapon into Mr. Blake's back, the state agency said in a news release. No other officer fired their weapon. Kenosha Police Department does not have body oh. cameras. Therefore, the officers were not wearing body cameras. Yeah, I mean, the, they, they just treat the back like it's like a, a, a piece of a structure. You know, it's like... Yeah, it's you like can't shoot the, a guy in the back. He was shooting the broadside of a barn. Yeah. You can't shoot somebody in the back. If you're a cop, you kill, yeah, you're, you're not allowed to shoot people in the back ever. You should automatically, but, I think, go. If anybody goes to prison as a cop, I think, you know, actually, the guy that killed George Floyd definitely is like a psycho. But I also think there is this like cowardly streak where these cops will shoot people in the back just because they're terrified. They don't want them to like turn around. Yeah. This guy had his kids in the car. Yeah. 
what what was he going to do was he really gonna fucking pull a gun Never. out and because no, no. i have a kid i wouldn't put my kid through watching me get killed suicide by cop he, what he, did they fucking think he was going to do drive away they, they killed that guy so he could not drive away and and further uh they they couldn't like abuse like ignore their authority. That's yes. what it was. It was a matter of you cannot drive away. I say what happens if you don't interact with me. You live or die. Yes, and, and and totally unnecessary. And you're right. Like he was going to drive home and cool off is what he was going to do. Yeah, you shoot a guy. I think if you shoot somebody in the back, it is guaranteed that they weren't a threat to you. Yeah, at yeah. that time. Yeah, they said he had a knife in his car. Who Again, doesn't? who doesn't? Right. Let's play this out, though. He pulls a knife out of his car, and then what to the guy with the gun? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like what, what? Let's. I mean, these guys, people. This guy's driving around with his family. People do. I know this is crazy to the police, but you know, people do love their family, and well, I would go to jail for my. I I would not risk my family getting shot. In, in my car. And I believe that Jacob Blake was not, he didn't think he was risking getting shot no. in the back, that he was getting in his car and, and, uh, these cops dehumanize black men so much and, and make them a threat in their minds that like this guy would do something like this and like this guy would attack another man with a knife in front of his family i just don't i just don't believe that like that i don't believe that the cop really fucking thought that you know no they're not and, and that's not the culture they're they're treated to, they're they're taught to to treat things differently but you're absolutely right Jacob Blake was recusing himself. He was getting out of a circumstance once the police showed up. He like he was leaving. And that's all you ever want from any altercation is that everybody gets the fuck out of here. Like everybody stop this shit that's happening. And the cops showed up and turned it into a homicide. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh 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 I, I I'm not I I didn't this is a guy with three kids. I know. You know? And they just shot him in he front of those kids. He just wanted to be out of there. And then the police are going to... Like, we talked about this a lot with drone strikes, right? Like, how are these kids going to look at the police for the rest of their sure. lives? You know? How, yeah, what what sort of trust will, can they ever build with a police officer? And so, what uh, uh, what is the reform that you could do what's the vote to fix this what's the established democrat that'll change this right I, well what i'm saying is like this is why we say defund and abolish the police because there isn't a thing that you can do to just wipe all of this stuff away you know you have a rotten institution and it has this, to go away this is how they do business yeah this so, is how they do. This is how when they interject themselves into a confrontation, they go lethal over really just over uh, just over authority. Just it's it's just a matter of like you don't believe you don't follow what I say. Like you see all the people that follow 
all of them on Twitter and that, that answer all the comments and stuff. And they just are like, you should have done what the officer said. But I honestly do not, I would never sign up for America. They, they claimed me, but I would never sign up for a contract where if I get in my car to leave a situation with my kids, you can fucking shoot me. Right. I don't think that's a fair contract. I don't think no. that's a good idea. That's not anything I was, would think any of us are subjected and to. The pe- and the white people aren't. The fucking white, we know they aren't. I, we watched that, that fucking kid, that, that 17 year old that murdered two people in the protest. Yeah. He walked away from that. He talked to the police. Like he, he not only walked away from it. What I understood was he was talking to the police before he went and did the shooting. Before the shooting. Uh, what's his name? Fucking Kyle. Dumbass Kyle. Uh, he, I know a lot of Kyles that are sweet. He took the police through water to this 17 year old kid that was open and carrying an AR seven 15, 17. Oh my God. The guy that would be even worse. Yeah. AR 17 would more. honestly be even worse than an AR 15. But he's like open me. carrying this gun. And then the fucking officer stole him a bottle of water and said, thanks for being out here. And then he murdered two people later that night. And uh, he ran away from the he ran away and the crowd was chasing him and the police saw him and he threw his hands in the air and they went after, you know, they went to take care of the people that he had just killed and he got away. No one like second guessed or fall like protesters were yelling at him. I watched the fucking video, man. They were yelling at him. He just murdered people. He just murdered people and he got away. He had his hands up and he had his rifle behind his back and he just slinked through the fucking officers and ran away to his fucking mom's house yeah it's very easy for them to just allow somebody to get away like that you know what like i hope you saw the video of the police giving water to the guy that murdered the protester because that's where we're all at right now like it's elevating to that level and you need to square yourself like where you want to be in that because that is seriously i think that everybody should not be relying on the police you know the side they're on we all right. know that do not stop pretending that they're doing anything else water for the uh kid with a gun and pepper spray for the people peacefully protesting yeah. 17 year old a 17 year old with a gun murdering people for instagram likes yeah this kyle guy uh uh, these fucking facebook militias are bringing people out to to show off against uh police violence you know yeah and then you know the thing i saw that was pretty gross was that uh uh the police actually the the sheriff or whatever came out to give his little speech about that shooting and uh he said you know those people wouldn't have been shot if they weren't out after curfew this kid was out after this 17 year old kid was out after curfew too he posted religiously on facebook about how he he left his hometown he wasn't protecting anything around him he drove 45 minutes away to go to a place where he could find somebody to shoot and he fucking did it it's premeditated murder yeah and it's also an outside agitator left. to tell you the truth he should never left that place is that's how i feel like that's the only way to treat people like that I, I but it is like it's terrifying to see all of the good-natured people that just want equal treatment for for black citizens with the police and we get murdered for it yeah we yeah. get maced to get death for it like yeah it's a uh, uh very very uh uh sickening what's happening we've we've said a lot about you know the protests too uh, uh and if there's something going on i i do want to be there 
Uh, so if there's something going on in Columbus, you know, obviously we'll we'll try to get there and cover that. And uh, uh, if there is something going on in Columbus and you know about it, please let us know. Uh, uh, you can get, you know, Murder X Brian and hopefully Murder Brian. Yeah. But it might just be Murder X Brian for a few it's a good name. months. I think it's kind of cool a little bit. The X, you know, makes I me like feel it. like an X-Man. Or a straight edge punk guy? Yeah, all the all the bands like you would just do it all capital letters and you put X's as spaces. That was my shit. Yeah, I think it makes the name look cool. I I would still rather have my account. The back. one with all the, the one with thirty thousand followers, ten, tens of thousands of people that say we love you and what you say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I I'm 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 at uh you're uh, you're, you're slumming it. Yeah, man, I you're am under one. I'm a lobby, is got, what they would call me. You're I gonna think. get on that one thousand representation. Uh, hashtag. I got 784 followers right oh, now. Congratulations, man. You want to come up? Hey, I started this account at uh, two o'clock in the afternoon. So uh, uh, I deserve a little credit here. Okay. Even though I do have like kind of a megaphone, a bunch of people <laughs> letting people know. But you know, you know, the real thing that sucks is there's a lot of my friends I can't DM. Yeah, that sucks. Like I thought I was going to. Felix yet. found me. Okay. So, you know, he's an important person that I have to DM Well, he's soon. been through this before. Yeah. He was Swarthy Villain, man. Yeah. He he ended Swarthy Villain. You might be in your Swarthy Villain phase. Like, he ended Swarthy Villain with about this amount, right? With 30K? I think he had 50. Okay. So now you're, you're in your buy your logic phase then. Hey, I'm, you know. Murder X Brian is your buy your logic. <laughs> yeah. I wish- it happens. It happens. Yeah. Um. So before we move to... The next thing, uh, uh, I do want to quickly stop for one second and, and rest in peace, Riley Gale from Power Trip. We, we, we didn't, we just did a show with him. It's unlocked on the Patreon, 100 million tons of steel. Uh, the guy was like really full of life and he, he was very kind to us. And, uh, uh, you know, we talked to him about death metal and we, we talked to him about a lot of stuff. We talked to him about comedy, uh, metal in general, uh, just everything. And he, he was very nice to us and, uh, very sad to see a, a, a guy that I, a new friend, uh, uh, lose their life. Yeah. You know, uh, you know what it, uh, when I, when I saw that article come up, it's kind of like I lived in Dallas and lived in DC. And I've had moments both times where you like meet somebody two weeks before you're about to move and like everything about you clicks. Like you just are having a beer and like they like all the same movies. They like all the same music, like all like you just make a bro for life. And then you're like, I'm leaving Dallas in like the next month, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I really, you know, Riley was a really great guy to talk to. And I, I love the show and I loved his energy and I was really just a big fan of him is immediately after meeting him and, and we were doing texts back and forth and I was going to get a PS4 to go play, play some games with him. Uh, you know, maybe that was, that was the plans, but he really was uh, somebody that like had a, a, a real empathy for the world. And I think that the show that we did with him really highlights like, you know, listen to him talking about being like a fuck up teenager, you know, back in the day. And like, that's what we are. And, there's so many of us that, you know, drank beer when we were 14 and, and did horrible things. And we grew up and we have so much empathy for the world and like we have so much disgust with the world. I think that was 
the big part about the metal issue for me is that it's mostly people that want a different world. It's people that want everything wiped clean. Like it's somebody that, that has like a deep empathy for the world and like the suffering that happens. And I think Riley really had a handle on that. And, and I really loved his spirit and his energy. And I was so happy to get to do a show with him and, uh, I will continue to enjoy his music forever. Uh, but rest in peace, Riley. We'll see you on the other side. Yeah. Power trip was great. And he did say, on that episode that he believes that something happens after you die. And he, he, uh, that really hit me. He convinced me. And uh, I think I, I just, you know, it's a shame to see him go. But but I don't think he was scared, I guess. Hopefully. I agree. You know? I, th- I think, you know, relating it to the stuff I was talking about, the, the, the hot air balloons and everything. Um, seeing the stories from like Street Fight people that shared stuff about him. You know, and, and like the things that he did uh, was really just great to me. Like, I know that I've done some cool things for people in their life and that they'll that will stick with them forever. And I think that makes me feel peace with it all. Yeah. Uh, so one of our one of our buddies, uh, I'm going to share this from the Street Fight group, but uh, they said they went to the South by Southwest in 2015 and Power Trip had a show with Turnstile and Kill Switch Engage. It was a badge-only show, and those usually go for $1,000 plus. And they had ran into a friend who worked the venue earlier in the day, and he gave them and a friend of theirs two VIP stickers. Uh, So they were really excited about this, and they get to the venue, and it was absolutely chaos, and all these tech bro industry people are getting in. There's a massive amount of hardcore kids also trying to squeeze their way in uh, because it costs so much money. Like The door guys think everybody's scamming people. And all of a sudden, this guy says, your VIP stickers are fake. You're not allowed in. Get to the back of the line. And so uh, Riley shows up and tells the guy, the door guy at the South by Southwest says, all these kids are with me. Let them in right now. (laughs) And he just gets everybody in. And they stood on the side of the stage and watched the whole show. Yeah, he's a hardcore. He he was a big hardcore guy, too. And uh, I don't know. Just check out Power Trip. Uh, If you want to listen to an interview, we did the interview. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not like trying to promote no. the interview. I'm just saying, like, if you want to hear this guy, he he was a real sweet guy that was very kind, and and we really somebody the world really lost somebody. Yeah, it's a missed opportunity. You know. Yeah. It, it was it was really I was hoping to get to to collaborate with him and and further, and you know we'll figure something out. But you know he was really was a fantastic person and left a mark on the world. Brett, What's his name uh punks around. You know that fanzine. That guy he yeah. calls in. Uh, in Russia, he was in Russia. Yeah, yeah. He was he was gonna he was like taking care of Power Trip. Like he was like, don't worry about it. I got you set up. He walked all of their guitar cases like three miles and completely fucking destroyed himself. Like he was huffing and puffing, pretending like he could handle all these guitars, and he fucking wore himself out. In Russia, gear carries you. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, that was Yakov Shmirnov. I was doing... That's Yakov Shmirnov. Very popular. Community. Who I will be seeing live when shit Eventually. goes back to normal. Because uh, I haven't told Brett this, but I'm going to try and talk our... See, here's the th- plan. I'm going to try to talk Brett into going to Branson, Missouri, which would then mean that everybody else would have to go to Branson, Missouri. And it just seems like a pisser of a vacation. You know, go see Yakov Smirnoff. Well, I want to like just see fourth tier entertainers all week. Well, we have to do shows in the places we haven't got to, and 
talking with the tax guy, like we can lose money in a way that I think that would benefit all of us. Branson, yeah. Branson, Missouri show. Yeah, we can go do a show out there for, you know, 50 people and be like, oh, we lost our hats. The same way we're going to do like a Tokyo show and lose our money. On yeah, that. that'd be great. Um, we spent $6,000 on airfare and only 100 people showed up. 100 in Tokyo? Hey, 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 I'm dreaming. <laughs> 11? <laughs> I'm dreaming. I mean, that's a Vegas show Don't if I ever mind. heard one. Yeah. Uh, a former Panera bread worker is going viral after sharing the menu items he claims customers should never order. Uh, uh, an ex-employee who goes by the name Mo on social media revealed his list on TikTok. The clip, which has almost 4.6 million viewers, lists five items in total. Five things to you never... Don't, don't touch these. Don't touch them. This is according to an employee. You know... We don't cover any news well, but we cover uh, what employees are saying better than anything. I got to say also Panera is like shit. No, worse. Worse. No. Lowest tier uh lowest tier fast cash. If you're driving across the country, it's like the only hope that you can have for like a fresh piece of lettuce. <sighs> for a vegetarian, yes, it is the only hope for a good meal I for a vegetarian. But if you're a fucking meat dude, if you're a meat dude yeah, like meat me, dudes. yeah, you fucking go in there and like they got a turkey sandwich. It's yeah, like get, get out of two here. Two slices, like a turkey and cheese. Like I'm not gonna eat a turkey and cheese. Okay, ever at a restaurant, ever. Yeah, I um, I honestly, I despise Panera. Um, I've really, it's so bottom barrel, but at the same time, that Fuji apple chicken without chicken does it for me. I bet it's a hell place to work too. My yeah, guess. Yeah. It's just like the customers wake up at 4 a.m. jobs. They yep. like bring you in to make mediocre bagels like that. Nobody wants to eat. <laughs> yeah. Nobody yeah. on the East Coast would eat a fucking Panera bagel. And you're woke up at 315 a.m. with a hangover to be there and make them. Dude, you know, now that you bring this up, my neighbor for a number of years and a good a good buddy of mine for a period uh, worked at Panera. He's a baker. He works at a better bakery now, but he was working at Panera to get to his next job. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he, he owned a bakery and then worked at Panera and then got in at a better bakery. Right. And he had to be at work at two 30 in the morning, which was, that's just, that's not even he a morning do, dude, anymore. I, that's when I made donuts. Yeah. Can't live life at two 30 in the morning. There would be Friday nights. We would go to a concert or do something. And I'm like, I got to work at two 30 in the morning. Like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm not going to bed Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I'm not going to bed. Just going to go to fucking work. So yeah. he would work at two 30 in the morning and, uh, they had it set up so that he had this area that he wasn't supposed to leave. And there were cameras pointed at him the whole time. So like, unless he was clocked out, which you could take your break, you go to the time clock and you do the procedure. If you're not in there, you're in trouble. So he was like basically stuck in this little area of the kitchen doing bread all morning. And I was just like, oh, yeah, God. I don't want that. Yeah, it's just a horrible place for like the worst amount of money. Oh, what's like no if somebody was like, I'm going to track your every movement. It's like there better be a payday at the end of that. Yeah, yeah. For the mo for the least, they pay the least amount of money and expect all of this extra, and that's not implied at all. Yeah, yeah. Who the fuck would do anything for under ten dollars an hour? Like we would do any sort of extra <laughs> good work, go yeah. the extra mile for under ten dollars an hour. Ever. I mean, what you know, the bread at Panera is not great. You know, you can get better bread. Yes, you know, 
I, I'm, I, I honestly don't have any sort of hankering for any of it. No, nothing at Panera. Nothing at Panera is nobody like craves Panera. You know, There's my daughter some, likes like, really their mac awful, and cheese. Like, lanyard people. First on Mo's list, the chain's famous mac and cheese, which his co-worker calls soggy. Their comments echoed a video from another former employee who claimed she was fired last year after revealing how the dish is made. It allegedly involves a lot of microwave heating, which is something that we've talked about. Yeah. Like that, that like so much of these fast cash places that people go to that they think are like a little bit up the ladder you know because if anybody goes to subway if somebody goes to subway and they see them shove that thing in those chicken breasts in the microwave then they know uh, what's up yeah they know what's up at subway that's what you're getting if they're painting the uh um sorry my footage is if they're painting the um grill marks on a burger king burger Yeah. yeah yeah i mean that's what i paid for i paid for you to paint on my motherfucking yeah, yeah. Tell me illusion. Here. <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem is, uh, Panera moved to that method where you watch them work. They just give you that buzzer, like the pager system, because this happened to us like six years ago. I saw them take that fucking mi- that macaroni and cheese out of the microwave, and was like, "What are we paying for exactly here?" You know. Like they, they present it where like it's an open kitchen concept where you can see the people working. But once you see somebody putting a bag of plastic bag of macaroni and cheese in the microwave, you're like, dog, I could have done this at my house. Damn, I could have done this at my house. Now that I think about it, now that I see somebody else microwave macaroni, I realize I could have fucking macaroni macaraved macaroni <laughs> yeah it actually says what they do is they get a big giant pa- plastic bag don't they boil it and they drop it into hot water yeah yeah that's why i thought it was a boiling then bag. cut the bag open and pour the food yep. into a bowl i saw that then they microwave it's got all the afterbirth on it and everything from being in that fucking pbh too uh it has all this all the technical slime all over it yeah, I mean, I saw them do that forever ago, and it was kind of like, you need to, like, separate us from this. Like, that should not be on display. Like, if you're not out here killing fucking chickens and putting them on a sandwich, like, keep it back there. Yeah. Like, it's weird that they adopted this open kitchen thing when it's for people that own businesses that, like, should be proud of their open kitchen, not yeah. somebody that's microwaving half the food. I know. Is the microwave there? Can you see the microwave? Yes. At it's Panera? silver. Oh, and they put that big fireplace thing in there. Just yeah. and, and that's they don't use that. Those the people that work there aren't. And using also, that. it just invites the kind of customer that's just going to micromanage and watch you make the sandwich. Like they're peeking over the sneeze guard and everything, and they're like, "Oh, I said no raw tomato on that. I only went grilled tomato. Yeah, sun dried. I you know yeah, I, I like sun sun dried tomato. It's just a tor- terrible place. The next thing is soups. So don't eat the soups. We leave them out for hours. So hours. So, so you don't think that's bad? Not, no. I guess if it's covered. I mean, the shit. Unless it has mold on it. Yeah, I don't know. Lukewarm soup sitting out all day. But again, you're going to Panera. You get what you get. You know. Yeah. Don't. Throw it's it. just that that mic that mac and these foods are more a little bit more pricey. At Panera yeah. too, under the understanding that you're getting something you're decent. Right. The Campbell's, you know? if I wanted to eat cold Campbell's soups from a can, I have that option. Like you could at least warm it up for me. I get that's the that's what Panera offers. 
Um, Mo also says not to eat the uh, steak and white cheddar sandwich, but that's Never because went. the horseradish is too spicy. So okay, no, it's yeah. like okay. I mean, some people yeah, let's like get a spicy a, horse. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we need somebody with a better palate. I'd uh, like to hear from somebody else because horseradish is always good. It's never too spicy. And they also say, uh, don't order anything that has bread with it. So uh, I think they were just like really taking yeah, on the heated. company. Yeah, really heated. Yeah, yeah. Panera, what they suck at the most? Fucking bread. That's true, though. They, I mean, I, I would believe that. So the next. The bread's not too bad. It, I mean, it's not bad. It's just, it's like you could get the same vibe from like. The grocery store, the big French bread loaf for a dollar. Yeah. You know, that stuff's better. I'm thinking versus like McDonald's or something. Yeah. Whack Arnold's has the worst, you know. But if you're, yeah, if you're, if like, if you're at your house, like you can just make a sandwich that's like heads and tails above what Panera does. So current and former Ruby Tuesday employees (laughs) say the chain is closing restaurants without telling staff. Oh, that sucks. Uh, one former employee told Business Insider they went to work last Thursday only to see moving trucks carting furniture from the restaurant. Three current employees told Business Insider they knew of other Ruby Tuesday restaurants being closed without notice. The chain appears to be rapidly collapsing, having closed more than a third of its locations this year. Some even after it received millions in loans from the Paycheck Protection Plan. That's good. Yeah. Ruby Tuesday should never have existed. Right. It's kind of one of those things where I, I think that we should, how do you sue people for money they took from us? Like we should get that as like a, as a constituent, like I want that PPE money back. Like we should have never invested in Ruby Tuesday should have been gone. Could we split the PPE money among the employees? Like should yeah. the people that own the place have to split? I don't know how to figure it out. I guess they don't have money. I mean, you should be able to somehow get money off of the rich people that run Ruby Tuesday. The the fucking to to top business. level people. But like, I don't, I don't want to save everybody. Like Ruby Tuesday is one that I don't want to save. I, I want to read the Wikipedia page about Ruby Tuesday and Ponderosa and fifteen years. You want to read the Wikipedia yeah. page about Ruby Tuesday and yeah, just be like, ah, oh, I remember when I used to eat there when I was eighteen. Me and my yeah. wife ate a lot of Ruby Tuesday, like a lot of it. Basically, as a payday meal, Ruby Tuesday and Applebee's were payday meals because we didn't know, we didn't know no better. You know, yeah. that was a fancy restaurant to me. Honestly, like what I've what I've seen like with the money and the distribution of PPE is that the chains are winning hardcore, like small businesses, small restaurants are going to be gone when we go into 2021, but like the chains are going to expand and like I want to get Ruby Tuesday out of here. I I I guess like I don't need them any further. I mean, where they got a salad bar on on the weekdays? Right. I'm not trying to save Ruby Tuesday, but I think that like this world but, that we live in where there's this total lack of transparency for the workers. You know, like they should know what's coming. Yes, Nobody yes. that works at Ruby Tuesday thinks their restaurant's going to be closed. It's a, a, a behemoth. It's a it's a yeah. large company. If I have a job at Ruby Tuesday right now, if my job is at Ruby Tuesday, I feel relatively secure in the fact that I'm going to get my paycheck every sure. week for right. however long. Because Ruby Tuesday has been around for decades. And uh, actually, you know, Ruby Tuesday seems like a 90s invention right sorry man yeah they have nothing to their name they have no signature dishes 
It's just basically a place where you can get a plate of food for $25 to fuck you up. What was your favorite when you were- They probably got beer burritos or some shit. What was your favorite place before you had ever tried like good food Mm. that uh, uh, you would go and get? 1972, actually. 1996 is when they expanded, though. Okay. But uh, for me and Katie- I would go to Applebee's on payday, especially tax return, get the tax, get my 700 bucks back for my taxes. I would go, we would go to uh, Applebee's and I would order a nice steak. <laughs> sit down. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have a steak and baked potato at Applebee's and it was the business, dude. It was yeah, the bees. Let's knees. go back. Katie would get whatever, like a, a nice shrimp scampy sort of thing with like two or three twenty dollar or ten dollar cocktail you know the cocktails the the mostly sure and we would just sit there and be like this is fucking living man we like had it in our mind that if you sat down at a table it was a fancy restaurant and honestly had no i i had no fucking idea that there were other restaurants yeah none yeah it was very weird did you have one that you would go to Mine was Applebee's, the bees, as we called it, eating good in the neighborhood. I think I was a Friday's person because never been there in my life. They have they had all of it. It True. was like Mexican, fucking Italian, American, all of the stuff together. I have but never I, been to TGI Fridays you know in my entire life. I misspoke. It's Max and Irma's. Oh, dip. Yeah. Before I was a vegetarian, they had this ranchero steak that I thought was like the best shit ever. <laughs> I got the garbage burger there a lot. Max what, and Irma's what is like the ranchero steak? Just extra seasoning on like a gross piece of steak. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny, man. Max like, and Irma's is I don't think that's national though. It's not it's it's, it? it's a crummy local place. So that there's they, a lot when of. you were a kid, they used to have this Sunday station that was an old bathtub that they converted. Ugh. And uh, you just, get Sundays out of a bathtub. <laughs> that famous thing people love to do, yeah. eat out of the bathtub. Eat, we eat ice creams out of bathtubs. I'm looking up Max and Irma's to see how many the there were. Cheese. I don't know. I Honestly, like I remember being a teenager and being ready to shit all over all of my Midwestern people. I wanted to be New York as fuck. I wanted to have sushi. I wanted to have Bibibop. I wanted to have like everything besides tgi fridays i was mostly looking for the most outrageous food experience I that's just, fucking i wish i, I hated american i mean i just hated my family in america and everything about it. i still do like i just want to get away from it yeah it sucks that everybody i like is here but i would just do not want to be here i agree i, I wake agree. up every day mad that i'm fucking here i feel like i just didn't know that there were other there were so many things, people on you TV know? that were just like giving you a wink that like you can not be a dumbass that fucking believes in America. <laughs> yeah, there was nobody to me. David though. Bowie was out. Yeah, I don't. I'm afraid of. A, okay. Uh, so <laughs> just anybody, I like counter. I was just so. I feel like I was so counterculture. I just. <sighs> I would not? like. I would go eat at a at a Friday's right now and probably love it. Get like a black bean cheddar jack burger, something, <laughs> bunch of fried shit. Like yeah, cheddar. I would dig uh, it. Uh, 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 cheese, fried jalapenos on top. Fried, and shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I probably could get down with it, but like when I was younger, I just didn't want to have like that stuff. I. I mean, I really didn't want to be my family. Like I didn't want to be. A fucking Ohio hick. 
you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I wanted to... I guess I didn't either, though. I did. Well, you learn be... that it's way easier to just be an Ohio hick than anything <laughs> yeah, else. But yeah, yeah. Naturally. All right, Brett. But I fought against it. Before we roll out of here, uh, uh, let's do a few conservative parables. Does okay. that sound good? Yeah, teach me something. Do you miss? This is a is funny there a cat jumping on the screen or something. Probably. This is very rich for you. Uh, the difficult science problem. This is about the boxing? parable of the difficult science the problem. The difficult science problem. I remember this. Physics 401 was the most difficult course in the entire college, having problem sets that would take many hours to complete each okay. week. The students often worked on the homework together, as allowed and even encouraged by the professor. Students were also able to consult books and online resources in solving problems. Oh my mm, God! I, mean, I think so I know where we're going. going. I know this is impossible. <laughs> I mean, these are the most genius problem solvers that have ever existed. They live on it. They eat it up every single day. They're just solving problems. As the course progressed, the problems became increasingly difficult and complex. Like, Some students were better than others at solving the problems. Reputations developed about which students had answers and which ones did not. Who was willing to save somebody's lives for who's versus who saw them as well, like useless. Also, yes, a Matt, Matt, this is, this they're, is, they're talking about the great trolley problem, right? This also feels like a story about a college for, by somebody that like didn't go to Never college <laughs> and doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, yeah, this is a great fantasy about college. <laughs> Near the end of the course, the teacher assigned a particularly difficult problem to the class. The night before it was due, the students gathered as they had been throughout the course and worked as hard as they could to find the answer. <laughs> One student who had a reputation for not being smart claimed he had the answer oh, no, and wait. started to explain it to the others. What? The not smart guy? <laughs> he started to explain it to the others, right? Uh, um but the smarter students quickly rejected his approach to the problem and told him to be quiet. Despite trying several times to describe his answer, he was ignored. The next Wait. day. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Sometimes people in this life, they'll look at your dumb ideas. They'll say, you're not smart. <laughs> that is really what we're getting at here. The this next is somebody that's been told over and over again, like you lack critical thinking skills. You're not smart. <laughs> The next day, the students handed in their homeworks, and the following week, the professor returned their graded papers. He said that only one student had answered the difficult problem. The non-smartest of them all, the dumbest of you all, came through. There's one donkey in this class, and we all know who it is. He has the most wisdom. It comes from Jesus. The student was the one who had tried to explain it to the others, but they would not listen. Yeah. The one student had found the correct answer in a book not used by the other student. What? <laughs> he studied Instagram posts that like the school doesn't teach about. He looked at he, he looked at Newsmax and WorldNet yeah. Daily and he found this is really the answer, the answer to all of your questions is on Breitbart.com. Yeah, that is a very funny one though. That is so, so clearly written tell by them on themselves. <laughs> I know. <laughs> They even One called day, themselves dumb. Th yeah. I wasn't invited to all the cookouts because I'm super dumb. But <laughs> guess what? I found the truth. <laughs> the dumbest of you all knows what's going on. <laughs> I Something read, I made up on Instagram. <laughs> 
That is a really good one, though. Uh, the Prodigal Son is this Oh, one. I've heard of that. Yeah. Cain good, and Abel shit. A good man had two sons. Yep. One of them was... It's a good man that had I them. hate this parable, too. One of them was defiant and insisted on ignoring and disobeying his father, leaving him, and then squandering his money on immoral living in a distant land. <laughs> smart son. That's the smart son. No, that's- Remember, we want to be the dumbass. You want, the, the point of this parable is to be the stupidest person in the room. <laughs> it's another one. So do not follow the person that took all of that money to enjoy themselves. Yeah. Well, he did a bunch of immoral living in a distant land. He refused to return to his father to ask forgiveness. Oh, my God. This really does read like people that haven't been invited to the cookout writing stories. (laughs) Eventually, the defiant son had children of his own. Living in squalor, his own suffering children would ask him about their grandfather. One day, his own children asked why they never visit grandpa. Oh, my God. This is the best story. Yeah, every kid grows up thinking about their grandpa. For the first time, the man looked at himself objectively and realized how illogical and wrong it was for him to abandon his own father. You can't abandon your parents. It's the, like, other way around, you know? Like, how are you abandoning your parents? Your parents don't need you to live. No. Um, (laughs) This one is so good. He finally returned home to ask forgiveness and brought his children with him. That really reads like the guy that eats TV dinners every year wrote a story. A TV dinners on Thanksgiving every year wrote a story. And he was like, he was, he was like, well, uh, you know, I usually would watch the football game, but uh, I'm boycotting the NFL. Yeah, I'd usually watch a movie, but they're all made by libs. Uh, uh, maybe I'll write myself a little story about how it's all of my family that are actually the stupid, immoral ones. Yeah. You know, there's a, my favorite book of the Bible is about a young man that gets into drugs and alcohol and has a child, and then he regrets it for the rest of his life. <laughs> you know, there's that great parable about the man that has kids that just hates them with every ounce of his body, and he wants to get rid of his wife, you know? <laughs> That's when it comes off. I'm like... It really does read as a person who is not liked by many people wrote that story. Yeah, yeah. The last two, really, they're both stories about people who nobody likes or are kind of stupid. God will make the most stupid of us the most faithful. Right. And I want to I want to be clear because we did these last week and I want to say we are not like this is not things written to make fun of conservatives. This is off of conservapedia.com. This is their Wait, fucking thing. Was that the conclusion of the story? That was the conclusion of the story. Basically, you can go do shit and then come back and get back? If you ask your dad for forgiveness. If you say, hey, dad, <laughs> I thought you were bullshit, but now I see why you hate being alive. That's just somebody. I'm a, I'm a dad now, too. I hate being alive, just like being, just like you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my I, god. I, I listen to a crossfade in my in my garage. Yeah. I listen to all the rock and roll in my garage by it's myself. So funny. Those are two store those are two stories. I, mean, I don't identify that's like I do not want to be close to that point. <laughs> I don't want to understand that point of view. Like I want to get away from it. 
And it's but yeah. You, you ever you ever have everybody tell you you're the dumbest person in the room and just know you're smarter than all of them? How how much does that suck? When God comes, He's gonna show them all. Like, what, the, what the fuck? When God comes, He's gonna show them all. God's got my back on that one. The leader of a God's, name. If you, being the dumbest in the person in the room, God's got your back. Yeah, thank you, God. Thanks, you know, God. Last God one. God loves everybody. That is why I'm kind of jealous of God. He does love everybody. He doesn't judge those people for being the stupidest person ever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do this one because I said I would do this. Uh, uh, I said I would do this and uh, uh, didn't do it last week. Uh, the story of two psychiatrists. Or how to deal with liberal critics. Two people that have never been to college, that have never visited a therapist, and are just making all of this up based upon TV. Yes. Of course. The Sopranos, probably. Yeah. It's like they think that you lay on a couch at therapy. You lay down. Oh, my mom and dad was mean to me. (laughs) Some guy in a sweater sits there and writes things down. Some liberal in in a fucking sweater that looks feminine is like, ooh, you were definitely abused when you were a child. <laughs> all your I, problems are all your mom and dad's fault. They did everything wrong. They they left you with so much trauma. Yeah. They, that's, they really do think that when you go to therapy, you just say all my problems were. Uh, your therapist says all your problems were your parents' yeah, fault. Yeah, basically. So, Fuck those guys. Doesn't have anything to do with you. Cut, some, cut off from them. Ryland Evans, the famed columnist, was having lunch with Ronald Reagan in 1987. Six years into his presidency, a milestone by which the previous five presidents had been defeated, resigned in disgrace, refused to consider re-election, or assassinated. Is that well, true? yeah, but I mean, you can't. That's a good run, though. That is. That was, I like the stat. That was maybe America's best run. That's a good stat. Yeah, when we were fucking with the presidency hardcore, (laughs) we wasn't going to just let him get away with it. They say that we have high levels of disrespect for the presidency now, but, I mean, listen to that run there. They disrupted that thing forever. We have to continue this. (laughs) It would be It's un-American not to. Somehow, Reagan was shining through, making it look easy, and was enormously popular. Evans, a tough old newsman, was in awe. He looked Reagan in the eye and said, You know, Mr. President, I've known you for more than 20 years. I first met you in 1966, and the amazing thing is that you don't look any older now than you did back then, and the criticism never gets you down. How do you do it? (laughs) When did this happen? This guy's a hard-nosed newsman. This happened in 1987, okay? so He just went ahead and hit him with that. He (laughs) sat him down and said look buddy you're fucking handsome let's get this straight (laughs) i'm not your regular journalist yeah i'm hard-nosed i want to know the real shit (laughs) i'm a hard-nosed journalist and i'd like to sit you down and tell you you're as handsome as you've ever been (laughs) okay you you run this country like a well-oiled machine uh you've had the presidency longer than the past five presidents yeah where's the wrinkles where's the gray hairs yeah come on ronnie glowing right now in response Reagan offered Wasn't he a parable. Brain by this point, what he was putting brain at this I point. I don't think so. Eighty-seven. Well, he was, you know, making jokes and stuff. He was okay. in a bad spot. In response, Reagan offered a parable. Let me explain it this way. Okay. So that was the lead up to the actual parable. Let me hit you with some Jizo Cristo. Yeah. Is, it, is that what it is? <laughs> Let me tell you the story of two psychiatrists: the oh. old psychiatrist and the young psychiatrist who had a practice together. 
They'd come into their office every day just bubbling with enthusiasm, always happy, upbeat, smiling, and chipper. Then they'd go into their separate suites and have patients come in and lie on the couch all day and talk about the woes of their lives. Yeah. At 6 p.m., they'd come out and the young psychiatrist would be devastated, wiped out by the day with a stomach ache and just miserable. The old psychiatrist would be just as chipper and smiling and upbeat as he was when he went in that morning. This went on for a number of months. Yeah, that's inspiring. Yeah, finally. I mean, people are going to be miserable and you can just like feel good about it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. Like instead of feeling bad, you just feel good at someone else's like plight and misery. These young fucking dumbasses give yeah. a shit about people like, with their fucking problem. You're getting kicked out of your house. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right? Like, I don't have to think about that. Yeah. I don't, have to con- I don't have to be empathetic at all. The COVID convictions is like, if I can smile around and whistle during sure. these evictions yeah. during COVID, I mean, what that would, I'd be happy. That's what on? happy is. Yeah. Being able to shrug off the woes of society is, is a really great easy. conservative trait. It's easy when you got enough money to do it. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, finally, one day they came out at 6 p.m. The young psychiatrist devastated as usual, and the old psychiatrist just as happy and smiling as he was when he went in. I'm kind of, I'm siding with him. I have been through this game enough now that I know being fucked up and doom and gloom all the time is not the way to do it. And then, like, you will get yourself in that rut, but you have to dig out of it. Yeah. So maybe, maybe there might be some wisdom in this. Maybe Uh it'll be the first. I'm, I'm ready to be convinced by this parable. Uh oh. I don't think you're gonna. I'm gonna. I think I'll be inspired. I would lay down money that you won't be inspired because I've read the last sentence of Uh-oh. this. It's not the moral of the story is not what you think it is. I can promise you. The young psychiatrist stopped and said, "I don't understand it. We do the same thing every day, and I leave wiped out by hearing patients all day. And you come out after patients have been streaming in and out of your office, just as upbeat as ever. How do you do it?" The old psychiatrist paused a minute and said. I never listen. (laughs) Cold. Just cut yourself off from everybody else. You'll be just fine. As long as the checks are cashing, who gives a fuck about anybody else, bro? (laughs) I put on this little uniform and I pretend to care about these chuckle fucks all day long and I'm getting paid. <laughs> man, conservatives have a dark heart. That is uh, a man. dark heart. They also shit people right there. that have never bothered to visit a therapist. No, they don't man. have the guts. Like these, this is all speculation. Like w- the the thing when I was referencing earlier, I remember when the Menendez brothers came out and off their parents. That was the big talking point with Rush Limbaugh and everything. Was that all of these liberal media people are going to tell you that their parents were wrong for being dysfunctional and abusive? You yeah. Know? Yeah, I mean, they, they blame hate, it all on the parents. They hate the idea of 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 like they just hate that thing about being kid, like their their offspring, because they're not kids. You know, I'm I'm forty, and uh, uh, um, I'm forty one, right? Sure. And and conservatives like hate the idea that I have problems with my dad. You know what I mean? Or my parents? Yeah. Even yeah. Which to me. It's like they hate it. They think that there's a very clear hierarchy in the world. Yes. And the people above you are your parents. The people above them are their grandparents. I've, I've, I mean, I've, I've, I swear to God, I've had people that have complained about the chain up the ladder. They're, like, 
But there, there's a family I'm very closely related to that has great grain, great grandparents that are still alive in their nineties and they did atrocious things, but they are at the top of the ladder. So there's nothing else you can do. You listen to 90 minutes of people saying all these people fucked me up in X amount of ways, but they're also the oldest person around. So I also yeah. think that's cool and respect them. Yeah. And I can never, ever complain about them. They make all the decisions and we just do what they decide. Yeah. If there's a family gathering, we have to go where they want to go. Yeah. And shit like that. They, they just, I, it's so well, just wild like people that are like, like, People like the the family members that fucked me up. I do not fuck with anymore, but I still have cousins and relatives and people that are on the level with me that I can still relate with. But like, you have to hit that point where you don't go back into the the family fucking dysfunction. Like, you can't go back into you, like the the way that things are in the family where this this guy or gal at the top of the food chain gets to say whatever the fuck they want. That's rude and. Gets to tell you, you know, lies. Yeah. Tell you to fuck off. Uh, basically, a lot of times it's like uh, your feelings, what you're feeling is not valid because yeah. I disagree with the way that you're living. And, and you know, I'm like, a straight white guy, so I don't even get a lot of that stuff. But I can't imagine being like LGBTQ or or, or like even like but, somebody who, who brings a, a, a person of color home from to their white parents' house and shit like that, you know? Like, I couldn't even imagine dealing with that. But on, but you know what? I'm not going to equate them, but, like, being a dude and, like, not being allowed to have feelings and shit, like, they are from a very primitive time period where it was, like, you can't just say out loud, I have a problem with my parents. You just have to suffer in fucking silence. And, like... And never say it, yeah. And never say it and treat everybody fucked up and expect them to understand how you feel about shit. Right. Like you, you never af- get to actually say out loud, like I disapproved with the way with my parents fucking raised me. Like you just have to accept it as the law of the land. Like it's, it's a, uh, and, and they are just going to cling to that. And I think we're getting rid of it. I think that what more than anything, I love that like on their deathbeds, if they're going out on a ventilator on COVID, cause they think it's a hoax. They get to see their grand fucking men, grandkids, boys. They don't want to see boys saying out loud, like, I feel bad or I'm suffering or a woman hurt me or any vulnerability. Like, that is exactly what they're trying to fucking shut down. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I mean, and and like even that thing where it's like, I, I you know, it kind of feels like those feelings were things that that they didn't a lot of times those feelings didn't come out because it made the people that you're talking to feel bad. I mean, the thing about it is a lot of people's fucked up parents are, are parents that bother them, you know, at least in, in respect to my parents, like they don't think that they did anything wrong, you know, and they, they don't think they think they were active and they think they were there and they don't think that they did all the yelling and all that shit. And like, they don't think that shit. I mean, I'm appreciative that there was a roof over my head and food, but like when, but there is, you have to make the decision on whether you reject that as like enough or not. Yeah. And that people that do subscribe to this idea of like, you know, respect the patriarchy. Like that was obviously bust. Like the writing has been on the wall for so long to continue all of this because dudes, old dudes are not setting us up for success at all. Like they're, 
completely fucking miserable. Like everything about what they say, all their parables are about being miserable. And <laughs> yeah, being, and being miserable and then you die alone. Being disliked. Yes. And, and being refusing. the stupidest person in the room that's not willing to listen to smarter people and adjust your opinion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, that's the show. Very good. Thanks Talk for listening to Street Fight. Uh, you can find us. Uh, we just did a live show with the Go Off Kings. I think it's on their Twitch. So if you go to twitch.tv, look for the Go Off Kings. We did a show with them. Uh, we are doing a live show this Friday night on Littlefield's uh, Zoom stage. The way that's going to work is basically you will be able to watch for free on YouTube and Facebook. But in order to get in the chat, it's going to be a $10 ticket. That gets you into the Zoom chat. Brian and I are going to have a monitor here watching the Zoom chat. We're going to be taking a lot of uh, input from the crowd. Uh, this is going to be a very interactive show. And it really is revolving around raising money for the staff at Littlefield and raising money for the People's Justice Project. Um, you know, we were supposed to do a show, the the Hellfire 2 tour with uh, Trillbillies and Trillbillies with Tanya and uh, District Sentinel Radio. We were going to do that back in May. And Littlefield is trying to keep the doors open and make sure that all their staff is paid and uh, offer us a chance to do a live show. So we're doing that this Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Head to littlefieldnyc.com to buy tickets for that. Once again, you can watch it for free. That We want to make sure that all of our stuff is available to everybody, but this is a fundraising affair, so please consider just going to littlefieldnyc.com, buying a ticket for the show. It's $10. It goes to People's Justice Project. That's the, lo the local Black Lives Matter organization here in Columbus, and it will also benefit the staff at Littlefield. Um, we're also doing a fundraiser right now with Wavy, the fellow here that did all of this mural behind me for the Means TV show. Um, we have a t-shirt pre-order that's going right on right now. We're raising money for the Greatest Columbus Art, Greater Columbus Arts Council. Greatest Columbus! It is. Greatest Columbus Arts Council, GCAC.org. Uh, they have a emergency fund right now for Franklin County artists. And uh, Wavy has received several checks from them on the regular. And he said that if he had the chance to give money back, he wanted to make sure it went to uh, an organization like GCAC. So we're splitting that three ways. Wavy, who's on employment right now, GCAC and Street Fight. We're going to be covering a lot of the other costs too. But head to store.streetfightradio.com. We have long sleeve shirts, T-shirts, and masks ready to go. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you got that 20% discount coupon. Uh, we will be back on Sunday taking your calls. I think Wavy's going to be with us for that. He has to finish up the background here. So we will see you on Sunday. Find us on everything else. We're Street Fight WCRS. Peace. There's no there's no possessions, only obsession I don't need that shit Take my money, take my obsession